everybody. How you doing? Woo! Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Postgame. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. <sighs> you know, I am still of the belief that losses are wins. And ultimately, this season is about accumulating as many assets as you can for the veterans on expiring contracts getting a haul for Claude Giroux and getting the best possible draft pick being in the best possible position in the draft lottery. That said, a win every now and then, like say once every 10 or 13 games, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's acceptable. It's nice to just watch them win sometimes. And it's not like they played an amazing game today, but I will say I liked how they came out with an edge uh, they came out, played physically, set a good tone in the first period, uh, ended each of the first two periods with a lead. Uh, they looked like a team that really, really wanted to end their losing streak today. And I know they're professionals. I know they probably give us more effort than we're willing to uh, than we're willing to uh, admit most nights. You know, when we're like, oh, it doesn't even look like they're trying. I bet you they're trying harder than we think. And yeah, they just suck, and sometimes things don't go your way. That's not to excuse anything we've seen this season or say that, oh, no, they play with heart every night. That's not true. Um, I mean, they play with heart every time he's the starting goalie, but that's a different story. Uh, it's just – it's cool to see a win. Isaac Ratcliffe makes his debut. He is undefeated as a Philadelphia Flyer. He's got to stay. Apparently, he's the good luck charm. Uh, I'm thinking Irat or Cliffy for uh, Isaac Ratcliffe. If you have a good, if you have a good nickname for Ratcliffe, uh, I want to hear it. Um, minor, like iRat, like a, like an iPod with the little I, I have an iPhone right next to me and my reference was automatically iPod. Um, I still have my click wheel, but besides the point, good win. Uh, you know, they give up the lead. That sucks. It goes to overtime, but we've seen this team, you know, curl up into a ball and die so many times. I like that. They didn't get down on themselves. So many times we've seen this team just kind of collapse. As soon as they face any sort of adversity, they, uh, they just roll over. It just, we, we talked so much last year about the snowball effect, how one mistake became 14 consecutive mistakes. Uh, didn't happen tonight. They came out in overtime uh, and they get the job done and get the two points. Again, I still think in general losses are wins for this team at this point. Uh, but shit, man, it's happy Royal Rumble Saturday, a snowy day here uh, in the Delaware Valley. Nice way to start a, a, a cozy afternoon into the Royal Rumble evening with a Flyers win. Every now and then it's cool when they win. All right. That's it. Uh, let's get to the callers. Let's lead it off with Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. Um, this is uh, this is a failure on all levels. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to keep the losing streak going. Um, I don't know. Like, it, and I'm being serious when I say this, but is is this a win? I mean, they're gonna win sometimes. Yeah, it's like I'm just listen. I said twice in the intro, while I am happy they won, uh, like seeing Atkinson do his thing. I love shorthanded goals. I think it's cool they won in Ratcliffe's debut. 100 percent losses are wins at this point. 
um, it's better for them to lose most of their games. But one out of every 10 or 13 is completely acceptable. Like, every team wins now and then. The Buffalo Sabres don't lose every single night, like, and mostly. But, you know, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, fuck, the process is screwed now. Like, they're probably going to lose on Tuesday, you know? Yeah, no, the, yeah, this team doesn't have a process. Um, I, Because to me, I want to go back to something you guys said in the the, the press conference you guys did for um, the chat. Um, you said that – well, Steph actually said and stuff that COVID shouldn't be an excuse. Well, to me – that is an excuse because this team was supposed to be a depth team. And if these injuries were to happen at any team, then there you have a depth team. So you wouldn't have to worry about it. So to me, that is an excuse. That's it's so like, it's such an indictment of how they were built. Like, yes, if they have the projected lineup, the 12 forwards and six defensemen, Hart and Jones, like the team as it's supposed to be on paper, is deep. Like, that's how they were going to win. Unfortunately, they have absolutely nothing behind that depth. So, like, how can you really call yourself a depth team if the 13th and 14th guys are, like, non-NHL players? I will say, like, I'm liking what I'm seeing, and not like these guys are players, part of the future, but, like, the Willmans and the Jerry Mayhews, like, it's good to see them capitalize on this opportunity, if for nothing else than just them, like, their future in the league, whether or not it's with the Flyers. I'm happy for, like, those guys capitalizing, but, you know, this is a huge opportunity for guys like Morgan Frost, and what have we seen out of him, and uh, things like that. That's where you get into, man, they just have no depth. Yeah, we can't. Um, But I want to go back to another thing you said, too, is I just I don't think we can rely on these like what if maybe seasons of trying to get good players like to me, I'm I'm at the point where you have to tank. I I, I don't know if I could go through another. Well, partial rebuild. No, not maybe like I'm, I'm past that. Well, I agree with you. And I think at least this year. Uh, that's the one thing that was said in the press conference that I was happy about was the allusion to, well, teams that are definitely going to make the playoffs are looking to buy, you know, veterans on expiring contracts. And teams that are definitely going to miss the playoffs are looking to sell veterans on expiring contracts. And we have a plethora of those. So yeah. at least they acknowledge that. I don't it doesn't sound like uh, they're going to go through a full rebuild. I know that's what a lot of us would like. It doesn't sound like that's the direction, but if at least this year isn't just a waste, like last year was a waste because, you know, they get nothing uh, out of all the losing. At least if they can capitalize on how bad they are this season, get into the top five of the draft, have good lottery odds. And if they're going to do this aggressive retool, let us hope that they're able to like free up enough cap space to get a Johnny Goudreau and another really good player. And then at least we'll have some stars to watch. I don't think it's going to work, but it sounds like their plan and there ain't nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I I don't think it's going to work either, but Hey, if it works, cool. I mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I want the fucking team to be good. I don't care if they become the Yankees and buy everybody. I realize cap and everything. I'm just saying, I don't care how they do it. I want them to be good. I just think they have to do it a different way than they're planning. We will find out over the next six months. Yeah. I want to end this on a light note. Uh, someone, someone put in Twitter that 
they haven't been good since they got rid of scores with a case of tasty cakes. I was like, son of a bitch, you're right. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot, Hunter. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're back on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How you been, Nikki? Doing all right. Had a sleep, well, virtual sleepover with my girl uh, this morning. Um, so that was pretty nice. Um, I had to watch. I had to mute my mic so I could watch the game. I actually forgot we were playing today. I thought they were going to cancel it, but I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, it snowed, but this wasn't a blizzard. You know, yeah, like, like if they canceled for this, they already have so much they have to make up, like, in, in the next couple of weeks. Like, you can't cancel for a few inches of snow. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the weather made it sound like it was worse than it actually was, and it actually didn't turn out, like, that bad. But, like, um, actually, before I get to my point, uh, Brady calling it quits. How about that? That was uh, – I I'm shocked. Like, I really thought he was going to – and I guess, you know, how, how long can you push the can, uh, kick the can down the road? But I'm surprised his final game isn't a Super Bowl victory. That's yeah, that, was, that was one of the things that, and I'll get to my points. Um, what's it call it? Yeah, just watching him play, I think the way that it would have gone is that had he won and won out, I feel like he would have won his next Super Bowl and then retired following it. That's what a lot of people's mindsets were. Like, he wasn't going to retire until he won another Super Bowl. But it's like, he has, like, what, seven now? Yeah. So, I mean. What do you got for me on the Flyers, Nikki? <sighs> what do I have? Um, I would say for for Ratcliffe, I just, I mean, honestly, I just go with, uh, I would say go with Cliff, but then we get it confused with Cliff Lee from Phillies. But I, I don't really have a particular nickname. Um, Atkinson looked like a man on a mission today. I can definitely say that much. Atkinson's effort tonight, and he's been one of the few bright spots of this season. It's what makes me, um, whether they go with, whether they go with a rebuild or an aggressive retool or whatever the fuck they're going to do. I like the idea of keeping Atkinson around because he looks like, he just looks like one of those guys, like a veteran you want to have in the room. He gives mm-hmm. you an effort every night, and he's a very good player. He, he's versatile. Uh, the Cam Atkinson acquisition, like if this thing had worked, if Ellis stays healthy and all the shit that went wrong for this team, the mm-hmm. Atkinson, Atkinson acquisition would be looked like a, as a, a victory, regardless of how good Jake is in Columbus. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. And I don't think it relies too heavily on – Atkinson himself, because, like, you know, we were all anticipating that this would be, you know, the rebound year. We would actually, you know, be a deaf team that would be probably a bubble playoff team, if that. And, you know, with injuries and COVID and, you know, all the other, everything else that's really going on in the world, it's like we've kind of seen a glimpse into that and we're just kind of like, and then all the losing doesn't especially help. Like, I know people are like, oh, yeah, let's just tank the season and get, like, a top five draft pick. It's like, yeah, we could do that, but see, the problem with that is we did that for the second round pick, and what happened? We drafted Nolan Patrick over everybody else that was in the draft of that one. And year. that's it's that's one of the reasons people are saying like, okay, this year they're gonna have a good pick because they're a horrible team, but mm-hmm. you have to do it multiple years in a row, mm-hmm. like. 
I mean, you look at teams like the Oilers. You need lottery tickets. It's all lottery tickets. You need multiple. Like, just doing it once, like, you, you can just, yeah, we got a JVR who's a good player, but he ain't, like, a franchise-changing star. And right. you get a, uh, you know, you get a Nolan Patrick who's a bust. So, like, it happens. And I see Steph Driver's in the room, Nikki, so I'm going to bring Steph Driver on. Uh, hey, what's up, Steph? She's going to be uh, joining us for this. Hey, I've decided to hang out now every post game because it's fun. Hey, it is hey, a lot. How are you? I am doing great. I've decided to just lean in tonight's mm-hmm. t- tonight. This afternoon's game was super fun and mm. they won and I'm happy about it. Ha- winning is fun. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nikki. We're going to get some uh, we're going to get some more people on here. Let's go to Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Bill, Steph, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got you. Um, so with Atkinson, Bill, I get that you'd want to keep him because he's a good veteran, but he is 32, and his trade value is not going to be any higher. I, I'm wondering. Oh, if someone calls you up and is offering you know, a great deal, like this team needs – really good young players and assets. I'm not against like getting something for him. I just think, and I'm talking more in the idea of if they were to rebuild, like I think Hayes and Atkinson are the perfect kind of veterans to have around during a rebuild because they're good players. They're good leaders, but they're not good enough to like ruin a rebuild by keeping you mediocre the way G and Jake did in their prime. Like, I think they're a step down from that. So they would continue to be good and the team would still continue to suck. Like, so like in a rebuild scenario, which it doesn't seem they're going to do, I'm more talking about like him as a veteran in that aspect. Um, and then for both of you, of the non-pending UFAs after this year, who do you trade at the deadline? Is it Atkinson? Is it Konechny? Is it Sanheim? Someone else? So for me, I would listen to, to anything for anyone, honestly. Um, I, I really am not as, as out on some of the players and some of the talent as a lot of other people are. So like, I would love to keep Konechny. I would love to keep... Atkinson and you know Sandheim can stay if he wants to which is you know less of an endorsement um but if you're gonna get a good return for any or all of them do it because that's that's what they need to do right now I think because yeah, you can, every, make, you can make some tough trades and say goodbye to some players but you could have a 2007 type off season where you really cash in in free agency and sign someone with your flexibility. That is the epitome of an aggressive retool. I think realistically guys with term left on their deals have to be off season moves. Like I'm looking less at the deadline for those guys and like Konechny or Sanheim or who Atkinson. I feel like those guys just have to be moved in the off season when teams have maximum flexibility as well. Like Konechny strikes me as a guy that at the draft gets traded to Edmonton or something. Absolutely. Yes. Like he is a draft day. Don't send him to Edmonton. Well, they're going to give you a first. Like they're stupid. I know. Or they're going to give you a Vander Kane. <laughs> yeah, or or that. Maybe uh, maybe Leon Dreisaitl is just sick of the media up there and wants to come and talk to Charlie instead. 
Oh, and Bill with uh, the nickname for Radcliffe. Like, if I were giving him a nickname, and I'm like as a semi-intellectual, I would like want to call him Daniel because of Harry Potter. But I don't think the players ah. in the room would call him that. Yeah, I. That's a good one. I like that you're thinking out of the box there, Harris. Thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate the call. Uh, I really, I'm all in on Irat. What do you think of Irat, Steph? No. 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 It's like you stylize it like iPhone. I think it's great. All right. So listen, what does IRAT sound like? Someone who was hiding in a penalty box? <laughs> right? All right. That was the you only might... thing I thought of. I'm like, Bill, of all people, wants to no, that call was... someone a name? That, that, that was, uh, yeah, Havlat, IRAT. Yeah, okay. I think you well, got me on that one. It's close enough. It's close enough that it, you're, I just. You're, you're not wrong. I know. So I propose Clifford because I think it's very funny. If he, I, like, he's the one non redhead prospect. If he Which was a is redhead. Why it's funny. If he was a redhead, it would be so perfect. Yeah. Like, he's big. He's got Cliff in there. Like, it would be perfect for fucking Clifford, the big red hockey player, but. Imagine if Isaac Radcliffe had Cam York's hair. That's what he would need to be to be called Clifford. It would be the dream. Uh, Jack Conroy. Jack, you're live on the post game. What's up, guys? Uh, you know, in a pretty good mood today because this is uh, the first game I've really watched in full for a while. And I was entertained throughout the game. I was getting excited. And Cam Atkinson, man, uh, poor him, like, Playing in Columbus and then having to come here and deal with this mess, like we're gonna waste that man's rest of his career. And uh, poor, like he finally gets the change of scenery, and it's the worst flyer season in twenty years. Yeah, and I wanted to go into change of scenery because uh, we were just you guys were just talking about like Konechny getting traded. In my mind, if Konechny gets traded, he's totally the guy who needs a change of uh, scenery and then he like lights it up somewhere. You guys see anyone else on this team who you could see like going somewhere else and playing amazing. Jack, I got to tell you probably all of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really like, I see in Konechny, like, is he a first liner? No, we've learned that, but I see him going and being a good second liner somewhere. Uh, that's the other guys like a Sanheim or a Provorov or some of the guys who were just more down on than we've been. I don't know if they have that sort of ceiling, but I absolutely see it um, with TK. Like he'll go somewhere and in eight years we'll be like, Oh, there's TK lifting the cup of fucking course. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Carter Hart. I, there's not enough talk about him after last year's season. He just looks so much more, relaxed uh, i know he let in that late one and that wasn't really like on him but i mean people need to yeah. start talking about him he's having a great we can't waste that i, I love carter Hart. it's, and, it's a shame because he's playing so much better than his numbers but the team is just such a mess in the defensive end that like his numbers aren't going to be great even though if you watch him every night you're like oh no he's their best player like him and Giroux are by far the two best players in the team yeah and the only thing he needs to work on is that uh, you know, his stick skills are horrible. Like, it's so he weird. Is. Every time he gets behind the net, he, like, messes up. I was thinking today, what if they gave him a cricket bat so that he could still make, like, paddle saves and stuff, but he's unable to play the puck? That is, I think he needs to revolutionize goalies playing with a cricket bat. 
Yeah, it's so odd watching him, like, back... It looks like he, like, freaks out a little. Like, even in that overtime, he, like, messed up with Provorov back there. That's just the the only part of uh, his game that I'm mad at right now. But that's all I have to talk about. I'm in a good mood today after watching that game. It was entertaining. That's I'm right there with you. Uh, it's... Thanks a lot. Um, I, I yeah. agree. We, we should be talking more about how Carter Hart has looked this season because... He was such a focus last year that I don't think anyone really grasps, not just within the Flyers fan base, but hockey fans as a whole. I I don't think that they grasp that he is good. Like, this is a good goaltender. This is... Was was bad, <laughs> but a tremendous bounce back season. That's not only like okay, good, he's playing well, but so much of the mental as- aspect of goaltending, like you have to have that short memory, you have to be able to just okay, yep, reset and be good. And he's doing that this year, and that's so important. Just you know, all of our assessments are about the future at this point. Yeah. It says a lot that a twenty, what is he now, twenty three year old kid, um, is able to put last year behind him and play as well as he had so far this season. Yeah, and and I agree. We need to be saying more about how successful this season has been for Carter Hart. So It's a I shame think- his numbers just don't reflect it cuz that's well, the like that's, I know that's the And there's there's like 6 7 goalies having fucking legit Vezina seasons right now. That's the other part. They're all on like cup contenders, shocking. Uh you know, they have really good teams in front of them. Uh, and so that kind of skews everything. But Carter Hart, you know, after last year was basically blamed on COVID and Carter Hart. Um, tremendous, tremendous recovery. Uh, Zach Boyle. Zach, you're live on the post game. Hey, guys. How you doing? How are you today? Uh, doing much better. I mean, that was the first legitimately entertaining Flyers game I've seen all season. It was, like, fun, right? It wasn't because we're so starved for a win. It was actually a fun game. Like, October um, was fun because they scored a lot, especially in those first six games. The uh, Colorado game, one of the Mike Yo's first games where they lost, like, 8-5 or something, that was cool just because it was ridiculous. And today, yeah, like, it, this was the most entertaining game they've played in, like, a, a month and a half at least. Easily, easily. And I don't remember October, so I don't count that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly that was preseason. Like they were scoring six goals a game. And then for the next two months, they struggled to score three. That sounds fake. I I don't acknowledge that (laughs) back then. Um, But yeah, one question I have is just someone please explain to me why Keith Yandel is still playing. I I legitimately don't understand it. Like the streak, like he's got the record. That's awesome. Why has he not been traded for a bag of pucks? Like, I almost want to do what they did in Moneyball, where it's like, I'm going to send you this player, and I want you to fill my vending machines. Like, that's that's what <laughs> I that's what I would legitimately do for him. <laughs> that new milkshake place, you got to supply all the fucking ice cream. Like, that's that's it's he's so bad, and just from a an organizational perspective, and I'll let you comment too, Steph, but I was thinking about this during the game, and I wanted someone to mention this. Like, first of all, that that three-on-two that he turned into a two-on-oh by just fucking lying down. Like, he took a nap in the middle of the play <laughs> and, like, just fell down and was like, "I'm uh, it's nappy time, good night. Uh, but playing him on the power play, 
I guess you're just justifying his ice time at this point. Uh, he was brought here to like help out on the power play. The power play is like the worst in the league. So good job on that. Uh, but like, we're trying to get value back for Rasmus Ristolainen, right? We gave up a first, I think a third and Hague. And now, you know, he's a veteran on an expiring deal. You're trying to recover some of what you gave up for him. Why the fuck aren't you putting Rasmus Ristolainen on the power play instead of him? Like, get his numbers up, get him a few more points, and maybe teams will think he's worth more. Like, organizationally, Chuck Fletcher needs to go to the coach and go, like, yo, stop this. Yo is also his name, which is hilarious. But I was yeah. going to ask, did you mean yo as in Y-E-O or Y? No, it, it worked out that way. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't have a great answer for why Yandel's still playing other than they really don't have anyone else to play. Like there's Zamula. That's it. There's, and, there's no one else. Um, and what's the difference? Like what I get, they probably wouldn't want to put out like a, a York Samula pair just because like, Oh, we don't want two rookies out there, but what the fuck is the di- di- one? This team's terrible Two, Keith Yandel might be the worst player on the team. Yep. Well, remember when we used to have a team full of worst players in the league, at least we're not quite. Uh, <laughs> well, we might Yandel's actually horrible. be there. Yeah. We're, we're probably there with Yandel. Um, I support taking him out of the game. I support waving him and letting someone else claim him or sending him down to Lehigh Valley. I just don't think that it's working with Yandel. It hasn't been working for a while. Um, he's got his Iron Man plus one. Um, I, I, something needs to be done. And I, I don't necessarily tie it to what's being done with Ristolainen, but it's a Good point. Like, let's It's just something I thought of today. Like, yeah. you're trying to get your – this season now is about accumulating assets. You're going to get more for Ristolainen if over the next month he has five power play points. Like, the idea that they sco- the idea that they score five power play goals in a month, I realize, is like a lofty expectation. Sure. But I'm just saying, I think if you showed off his versatility a little more, you'd get more for him. Do you think Yandel retires? I hope so. I thought he retired in the fucking second period today. He'll wow. retire and become the Flyers power play coach. I mean, yeah. that would not upset me. <laughs> Zach, it, you're like, you're joking, but it's going to happen. Like fucking Nick <laughs> Schultz, Nick Schultz is here. Why wouldn't Keith Yandel be on the bench next year? Well, no, I have the reason. The reason is because Arizona will probably hire him. Yeah, you're looking at the flower, the, the Flyers' next uh, special teams coaches and Dave Schultz on the penalty kill and Keith Yandel on the power play. Um, the other the other thing I just wanted to say, and then I'll, I'll jump off, but um, when at Isaac Ratcliffe did that reverse check on whoever that was on the Kings and then stared down at him, ooh, like I got like a shiver. I was like, ooh, that's a bad man. Like that is – I liked what I saw today out of Ratcliffe. It's a small sample. It's one game. Dude's pumped up. Obviously, he's going to give you a great effort in his debut. Everyone knows he's had his issues in the AHL with injuries, development, whatever. But liked what I saw out of him today. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Zach. I appreciate Isaac Ratcliffe. he's He's good. I just want him to prove me right because before they won, quote, unquote, won that lottery to get Patrick, I was looking at... Isaac Ratcliffe at 13. I thought he was a good spot there. I 
am, I, he's always been one of my favorites. And I just hate that it's taken him so long to figure out how to skate on a six foot six frame. It's it does take a little like the speed is so much for big guys. It does take a little little bit of time sometimes. Uh, Chris Krochak, Chris, you live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Hey, Steph. How's it going? Hey. How are you tonight? Good. Uh, nice to see a win for once. Actually, I agree. It was a pretty entertaining game. Um, I did want to uh, make a point about Cam Atkinson, but before I do, um, I wanted to chime in on Carter Hart as well. You know, in a season where like there's just so much to be negative about. We do have to look at the positives and Carter Hart. I mean, we've been searching for a guy like that for my whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he is, he is the bright spot in a, in a dark, dark season. You know, I mean, he's only 23, right? 23, 24, whatever he is. I mean, he's, I think he's 24 better. in August, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just remembering back even like 2020, the, the little run when they were fun in the bubble, like Carter Hart stole that Montreal series. I mean, if anything else, we know that we don't have to worry about goalie for the next few years. And I think that's important to keep that perspective. Yeah, totally. And that's why I, I think when Chuck Fletcher said aggressive retool, you know, I really do think that that's what they need to do because if you're if you're tearing it down and rebuilding, you're gonna have to find a new Carter Hart because he's gonna get you huge yep. value right now. So that's why I think the retool is, is the best way to go because I don't want to give up Carter Hart and yeah. wait another forty years for a goaltender. I don't want to well, do it. My my plan and I came up with it today because I was like, okay, good. At least the home fans get to see Hart tonight. I thought if they were to rebuild, like we've talked, you know, if Carter Hart's what we think it is, it's going to be hard to bottom out. Only play him in home games. <laughs> That's true. I'd I'd go watch him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The home fans get to see him, and then you go on the road and you put in some fucking bum. Like that's it. And I think he's statistically better at home too, if I remember correctly. So that, that, that seems. Makes oh sense. yeah, remember that when he was like he's yeah. awful on the road. That whole thing was happening. But he was like twenty and four at home or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I also wanted to make a point about uh, about Cam Atkinson. You know, I obviously no one's untouchable. You know, if somebody makes you a yeah. good offer, you, you certainly listen. But. You know, the one thing that Chuck did say at the press conference that I kind of did agree with, and I know he was exaggerating a bit, but he said, you know, you can't swap in 15 new players every season. And, and there is truth to that. Like, you do need to establish some kind of consistency year over year for better or for worse. And Cam Atkinson is one of those guys that genuinely seems like he wants to be here and seems like he's playing very good hockey, even at 32. So, you know, even if you have one or two or three, you know, losing seasons where you're rebuilding, it is valuable for a guy like Cam Atkinson to be in that locker room. And I personally think that he's worth holding on to. And I can see it. I can absolutely see it both ways. Like, I think they're good with Cam regardless of what they try to do, because, he, yes, we, we keep mentioning the age. He's 32. He's scoring above his career average now. I think tonight's game like puts him a little bit above like his goals per game average. Uh, so you can look at that two both ways. All right, he's not declining. He's one of these guys that's going to continue to do what he does, uh, you know, past the normal prime years. And also, he's scoring above his career average. You can cash in on a player like that. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even realize he was above his career average. Um, he, he's on pace for like 35 or 40, right? I mean, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he's having a hell of a season. Um, and, you know, he kind of also reminds me of that 
not not the same exact player, but reminds me a bit of that Danny Briere role, just kind of that you know slightly undersized, energetic skill guy in the lineup. And if I remember correctly, I mean, when we got Briere, he was like in his age thirty season, and we got you know four or five, six good years out of him. So yeah, he he I wasn't mean, a young guy. No, he was on the back nine of his career, and and we still got some some good years out of him. Um, so yeah, I think obviously, look, if if you get an offer that's uh, you know, that's too good to pass up. You, you take it and you get younger. But, you know, if they're going to do this retool thing and uh, and when I think that they will, you know, uh, you got to keep some guys like that around. And uh, I think there's value there. Uh, I, I agree. And I believe Steph does, too. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris. Oh, totally. I would I would love to keep Cam. Has he only ever played in Columbus? I don't, I don't remember his. I believe he was drafted by Columbus. Yes. Huh. I like that. Yeah, I want to keep Cam. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you can go either way, and there's a case to be made either way. And if they are doing this aggressive retool thing, which you can say you agree with it, you can say you disagree with it, it, from what they said, is the plan. So you got to look at, okay, how do you make that happen? A guy who can score 30 goals on, you know, what's he make? Five-something million, five-and-a-half million? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad contract. You can you can with a second liner like that, you can put some pieces in place. Like it's it's a very useful thing. It's a lot more useful than you know JVR on seven mil. Like I'd much rather have Cam Atkinson, far more versatile player, and he scores more. And uh, I think that he he brings a different style of leadership to the locker room than say a JVR. Uh, I think that he brings a different type of energy not saying anything's wrong with jvr in particular or really any of the leadership group but i i I just think that cam is such a a positive and god i sound disgusting but I, i think that it's good for the kids to not get too weighed down by the losing, like the kids. I'm talking about Cam York and Morgan yeah. Frost, and and like the well, yeah, the other guys aren't kid like the other guys aren't kids anymore. Fucking no. Travis Sanheim, TK Provorov, they like this is prime age for them. They should be, you know, they're not they're not the kids. Even Farabee, even Farabee, yeah. he, he lived through last year. He he doesn't count as a child anymore. He's he's a veteran. He lived through COVID in the NHL, so. Yeah, I think it's important for the the youths that we know shouldn't be on this team right now, but they are because they're the team is so bad and there's so many injuries and so many people out with COVID protocol. They are. I think it's important for them to not feel like their entire NHL experience is shit and suck. Uh, Taylor Donaghy, Taylor, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Hey, Steph. How are you guys? Hey, Taylor. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just wanted to talk about how Charlie's mentioned a couple times how the Flyers are committed to the bit of just keeping us interested enough. (laughs) Um, You know, I watch every single game. I suffered through that 10-game losing streak. I suffered through the 13-game losing streak. And finally today I said, you know what? For my mental health, I'm not going to watch this game. I'm going to enjoy my Saturday (laughs) time. And what do they do? They have the best game the entire season, apparently according to you guys. So hats off to the Flyers. They are truly, truly committed to the bit. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, and, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to oversell today. Like, they still did plenty wrong because they're a bad team. But just from the first period, 
it was apparent that they had energy, that they were interested in ending the losing streak, and the game itself was entertaining. Like, there were some big hits, there were some fun goals, like, cool shit happened in this game, and that usually isn't the case. It's usually just a 60-minute slog to a 3-2 loss. Yeah, and I think yeah. that it's it's important to keep in mind that the Kings aren't very good either, yeah, so this sure. was one of the, the types of, like, the, the Buffalo Kings. game, where it was just kind of wide open because neither team is good. That's the, That's what we kind of watched. Right, that's fair. And Steph, just in terms of committing to the bit, um, hair dye does exist if he really wants Clifford the Big Red Dog to be a yes. thing. Yes, I really think he needs to. Like, they need to go. Remember when Giroux dyed his his mustache black? Like, they need to go like full. The whole team gets on board with we're all going to bleach our hair and we're all going to go bright red. Like, I think that that just needs to happen. Everyone, they need something exciting, right? That might pump them up. Exactly. Let's do a team unity and let's, you know, this is what we do when things get bad. We dye our hair. <laughs> All right, and the, the last thing I have for you guys um, on the Keith Yandel thing, I thought just like probably a lot of people that after he got his Ironman streak, he would be scratched. And clearly that's not the case. So my Yandel conspiracy is that Phil Kessel is only 15 or so games back from him, and he's still playing. Mm. So I don't think it was a matter of getting the streak. I think they want him to retain the streak, and we're going to be stuck with him for a lot longer. That makes sense. I didn't realize Kessel was so close, and I should have. Yeah, Kessel's right there. He's definitely, whether whether it's here or he gets traded, which would be hilarious. But I do think like there will be a market for him because every GM thinks like, Oh, you need those guys with gray beards to make it in the playoffs. Uh, even though he got scratched in the playoffs last year, but whatever, I'm going to remain optimistic that they can trade him. But either way, I think he's going to push through at least this season to try to get the streak as high as he can so that it'll take Kessel longer to beat him. I agree. But anyway, that's all I have for you guys. So thank you both. I'm not actually sorry that you didn't watch this game. I'm glad that you had a good mental health Saturday. Yeah. I will say, Steph, while the Kings aren't that good, they're, they're not, not horrible. I know, like, I know. They're third in the Pacific. They're they're in a wild card or they're in a playoff spot right now, not even in a wild card. Now that said, like the Pacific is garbage. The yeah. Pacific is garbage. Calgary's had some bad luck. They're really good and just don't have the record. Um they're not going to maintain this position. And like, yeah, they're 22, 16 and seven, you know, that's below 500. If you just look at wins and losses, but they're having a better than expected season. The Kings are John quick's been a lot better. Some of their young guys have stepped up. So like, it's not like they beat Buffalo today. That's it's not that. It's, no, like, it's, Oh it's good. Nice. You beat an AA. Like they're not an AHL team. No, but like, let's take a look at the Pacific in general. We've got oh, no. Maxtall coaching back in the Pacific. Vancouver's a mess. Edmonton's a mess. Um, Calgary, I actually haven't paid attention. What the hell's going on in Calgary? They started out awesome and they're coming back around. They just went through a streak where like, like they have a plus 28 goal differential, which is like one of the four best in the West. And they just went, they lost like eight to 10 at one point. Nobody knows what the fuck happened, but it looks like they're getting back on track. Like LA and like to like LA's third in the Pacific with 51 points. The third team in the central has 57 St. Louis, like Minnesota's in the wild card with 55. So like, yes, the Pacific just kind of sucks. Yes. There was another question that I was going to ask you, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I'll come back to it. I'll think of it. 
All right, Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Hey, Steph. Welcome back. Thanks. What's going on tonight? Oh, I'm just glad they won one. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like I said to start the show, losses are wins at this point. It's best when they lose for everyone involved. But uh, one out of every 10 or 13, I'll take it. It's nice to see. Like, the, some people paid to go to this game, and God bless them. They got to see a victory. Like, just even with the, you know, a smaller crowd than usual, like, when they scored, when uh, they scored the shorthanded goal, the third goal, um, it looked like a fun atmosphere again, even just for a little bit, because, you know, they give up a goal right away. But, Man, do I miss that. And like I'm glad people got to at least go and experience that today. Yeah, I guess a couple things. I guess I guess what you could say is they played like that FU style of game sort of cuz like I noticed like it's nice to see like Risto was was cleaning the crease a bit. It, it would be nice to see that more and protect our goalie because you know Butterheart is the president of the future. So mm-hmm. It would be nice if they would do that more. Maybe. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like that's you know I tweeted in the last like five minutes like this is a test for Hart like not saying it's gonna be his fault if he gives one up they got to keep him clean etc and they did the opposite of that to give up the tying goal but like wanted to see him shut the door uh but overall yeah it's they gotta just do a better job of this is your guy you know he's getting tested a lot that's good uh you know he's seen every situation because his defense is so bad in front of him he watched a defenseman in a two-on-one take a nap today like now he's seen it all like he is ready for all situations now and then i guess uh lastly i guess uh when it comes to like the retool and aggressive retool i guess i guess we're at a wait and see approach but like if i'm chuck fletcher and Let's see how bad it gets by the trade deadline. I've, I'm listening to trade offers. I mean, I know it might not be like the the funnest move, but I'm um, Chuck. I would listen to offers on Scott Lawton maybe because a the way he plays is so would be so good for a team to make a deep playoff run, and he would be like the good guy to keep. The team but I don't know if he has a no move or anything. But I would- uh, no, I think the only no moves are Hayes and Giroux, and I think Yandel has a no trade. But yeah, um, this wait and see approach. I guess we're out to see how the trade deadline pans out, and I guess yeah, just frustrated with the press conference. Like, where are we gonna go? So, so for me, oh, sorry, did I cut you off? Nope. Okay, so for me, I wouldn't trade Scott Lawton only because he's cheap, um, and he's good. Like he can play up. Up in the lineup, he can play fourth line. I, I he's a tremendous depth player. Like you need yeah. a player like Scott Lawton. He shouldn't be in your top six, but like no. you can move him up there in a pinch. And if he's in your third or fourth line, you probably have a decent third or fourth line. Right, and that's where I stand with Lawton because mostly because he's cheap. If you can get yeah. something good for him, great. But then you just have to replace him with someone cheap and someone unknown. So let's just keep the guy that we know who's still cheap. Yeah. Right? His contract's like what? Two? Two million? I think three. I think him and Lindblom are both at three. Oh, well, not as cheap as I thought, but still not bad. But, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's all I got, Bill and Seth. But uh, go, Jerry fucking Mayhew. Let's go, Mayhew. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Patrick. Steph, who came up with the winter of Gerald? Is that Kelly? 
No, I I think it was actually Thomas who covers the the wild for Hockey Wilderness. I think it was him. He's been he's been a Jerry Mayhew fan and been on the Jerry Mayhew train before any of us knew Jerry Mayhew was not a simulation person. Yeah, he's not he's not new Mark Alt. He's actually a guy. He's actually like, a guy. And I, he's got a face. He's not just CGI. Right. No, I'm like from I feel bad now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked on the show, Steph, and I said, you know, when Mike Yo looks down the bench and goes, oh, yeah, we're in the shootout. Jerry Mayhew, you're up. You know, maybe he like and like I made fun of the decision. You know what? I take it all back. I fucking love Jerry Mayhew. Good for this guy. Good for yeah. him. You know, sometimes you just got to walk back an opinion when you decide, no, I actually like this player. I yeah, like I was to ask you. I was critic yeah, I was criticizing the team. I was criticizing him when I wanted to criticize the team and that wasn't fair to him. Jerry Mayhew has been a nice uh, you know, a, a pleasant surprise, a guy who I hope carves out a little niche for himself in the NHL and now can create a career. What was your question, Steph? Well, hold on. I'm, I'm still talking about Jerry Mayhew. So I was just I was oh, okay. earlier today um, from the episode that posted yesterday afternoon. So it's this week's episode. And I think it was Kurt mentioned Jerry Mayhew in the AHL two years ago. So before COVID had 39 goals in 49 games. Like he could be our Mark Dunk. <laughs> that, you know what? That is, that is true. Like, I'm always weary because we've had, you know, the Donique Martels, remember him, uh, the Jordan Wheels, like the guys who produced down there. And then it's just like, yeah, they're not NHL players, but yes, it looks like Mayhew might be. What was that? Fucking Vorobiev. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, he just stinks. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. So my question was, we were you were talking about Jonathan Quick, right? And yes. Every time I see his name, it makes me want to throw up a little bit because of his Olympics performance. Now, they are not obviously sending NHL players to the Olympics, but if they were, who would be Team USA's goalie? I don't know. I, I, I'm horrible with, like, who's from where. Like, I can't um, – I don't know. Like, maybe, would it maybe. still be Jonathan Quick? Because, ew – it can't be right. Like he can't be the best American. No, there's got to. I just I'm horrible with nationalities. There's no way he's the best American goalie. I can't think of anyone either. But I'm I'm gonna do my research before the next BSH radio. So let's let's prep that for next week. All right, a few more callers. Uh, Chris Madamba hasn't been on before. Chris, you're live on the post game. Hope I got your last name. You nailed my last name, Bill. Thank you. Oh, woo! That's that's and the first time Bill has ever nailed a name ever. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm lucky that's I can fucking name. pronounce mine. I'm yeah. lucky I can pronounce my own name. It's two <laughs> syllables, Bill Max. It's very easy. That's it. It look, it's a rarity. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this for a while. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so so I got two points. Uh, first, I wanted to uh, piggyback off of Taylor. That was my original point. And uh, but yeah, he um, Kessel is very close to overtaking. Uh, Yandel, so that's why I feel he's still playing. Plus, if he plays for the rest of the year, that puts him over a thousand games. Oh, uh, yeah. He might want to okay. get that one K thing. Yeah. Uh, also, it's been literally a month since they've won. Their last win was against the Kraken on December 29th. 
I've forgotten what it feels like at this point. They have been keep- one in regulation since December 14th, and they still have it. Like, that's still going. <laughs> I keep, it like, is ridiculous. Like, I know that this is the first win of 2022, but I keep thinking, like, now nah, there had to be one. And then I look at, like, the schedule. I go, no. No, they haven't won since December. <laughs> like, it's a real yeah, it, thing. <laughs> It's unreal, and I was hoping they'd get the the twenty games to. Uh, I was really hoping most... for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's hey, there's still time. time. There's, there's what there's uh, plenty of time games left. left? <laughs> One can dream that we left. break records. <laughs> they can lose out now because they won for Jerry Mayhew and they won for Yandel, and now they can lose out. Now I'm fine with it. Yeah, for, well, for sure. Yandel got uh, his yeah. Yandel got his bottle of wine and his uh, like <laughs> the target. Doc- I, I don't want to make fun of the organization. It was fine. It was just it was funny the the thing they showed before the game. I I got a kick out of it. The best part of the whole tribute, except for the video, because the video was sweet. But the best part of the live tribute was Chuck Fletcher's tie, and also getting that- booed. The, the crowd booed him, which I was actually surprised to hear. I didn't think that people were so anti-Chuck Fletcher outside I mean, of Twitter, but wow. They had a 10-game losing streak, and it's not the longest losing streak they had. Like, and They might be pissed off about the press conference, but hey, the Flyers are 1-0 in the post-press conference era. That's true. I guess so. That's true. Anyway, th- thanks for letting me talk with you guys. Thanks, Chris. Oh, thanks yeah, for thanks. joining That's us, Chris. Uh, we got a couple more here. Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're back. All right. Um, just looking at the realm of possibilities for potential trade options. Um, I know I've always I've mentioned quite a few times I'm a really big Hurricanes guy. How would you feel about having you know maybe some a guy like Sebastian Ajo? How how awesome would that be? They would never part ways with them. Like, you would have to actually murder everyone in the front office for them to get (laughs) rid of Aho. Like, they are not... No. Eric T, that's one of his pride joys. Like, you would have to pry Aho from his cold, dead hands. And I'm not talking about Aho specifically, but I am, I will say, I would like to see some hockey trades made. Like, if they are going to do an aggressive retool, yes, they need assets, they need cap space, they need picks, but I would like to see some, like, hockey trades. Like, if you're going to move Konechny, I want another team's Konechny. Like, a good young player who plays with speed, can produce, and just needs a change of scenery or something. Oh, yeah, like, and that's absolutely not to say that having Aho as a Flyers wouldn't be freaking awesome. No, it would be fucking awesome. That just ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah, I know everybody's on the Johnny Hockey train. I think we've been on that for a while. Um, (laughs) I'm not not saying – listen, I'm not saying that would be a bad thing. I'm not saying that would be a bad thing. But, I mean, realistically speaking, it seems that's as likely as Aho being on the Flyers – that also being said, though, what are we? What what are the free agents that are coming up for a lot of teams? Are there any like any that like stand out to either of y'all? Like- I actually think there's a good chance, and by good I mean fifty fifty of the Flyers landing Johnny Hockey. Like I yeah think- I I truly I truly believe the Hayes and Atkinson acquisitions were made with Johnny in mind. 
Mm. I, I, I think they liked the players. I don't think they were like, oh, these guys suck, but let's bring them in because they're his buddies. Like, I think they liked the players. But, like, if you had Hayes and then a Hayes equivalent, it's, mm. you know, next to each other, they'd be like, well, Kevin Hayes is friends with Johnny Goudreau, so we're going to take him. And, like, it's it has not been a secret that Johnny uh-huh. Hockey wants to play here. Like, it's not a secret that Johnny Goudreau wants to be a flyer. So maybe, maybe, just once, all of and I want you all to know that who's listening right now, I am actually looking up to the sky with my hands raised. Like, this is the actual pose that I'm in right now. Like, can we please come out on the better end of a player deciding he wants to go to his hometown team? Like, I just want it. One time, just one one time, please. For real. And I think, like, I had just, you know, a daydream the other day of maybe Chuck Fletcher would would send over an offer sheet if they can't make a trade work, if they can't figure out another way to get him. And Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so. Exactly. Mm. But, like, so he won't necessarily have to. I, I think there's a good shot, as good of a shot as there is in hockey for, for Goudreau to be a flyer. Yes. I mean, I definitely see that it's like in the realm of possibility. I'm not totally ruling it out. Um, but I'm definitely, and I know someone mentioned in the comments, you know, how, how would you feel about Matt? Uh, who is it? Matt uh, Dumba? Dumba? How do you yeah, say his name? Matt Dumba out of yeah. Um, Minnesota. Yeah. He's a really good defenseman. I think, that if Chuck Fletcher can make it work, um, actually in, in the Broad Street Hockey mock draft that we did um, last season, mm-hmm. um, we traded Shane Goss's bear one for one for Matt Dumba. LOL. I know. I know. <laughs> but like, That's, we, Steph. I, I love Matt Dumba and I think that he'd be a great addition here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Bill. No, uh, and thanks a lot, Nikki. Appreciate it. Uh, Steph, um, and just in the outline for our last show, you saw I listed all the trades. I didn't put like draft day, like pick swaps and everything, but all like the player trades that uh, Chuck Fletcher has made. And uh, Flyers History, great website for this stuff. They have like every transaction, all sorts of shit. Um, it's literally Shane Goss Despair and other things, and then received. Nothing. Nothing. Like it's just every every other trade. There's two columns and there's things written, and this one just says the word nothing. And that really it just fucking cracked me up. Uh, Brandon St. Randy, Brandon, you're live on the post game. Brandon, you might be muted. Brandon, howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Um, Just two things. It was so refreshing to see a shorthanded goal. And the seed just came out and just busting his ass to get up the ice. And didn't even know if he was going to, like, fully get there before he was getting back-checked. But just to get there and busting his ass getting up the ice, it felt so good. And I really loved, and they pointed it out on the broadcast, Quick made a tremendous initial save, but he fucking didn't He didn't glide. He threw on the brakes and slammed it home. And there was a play, uh, and, like, I don't want to pick on JVR because we do that enough. But so easy. there was a play, There was a, yeah, there was a 2-1-1 where – 
JVR's on the left side. I can't remember who the puck carrier is, but he was looking to get the puck over to JVR. JVR just kept going, and suddenly, like, he was next to the net. And the I can't – maybe it was Lawton. I don't remember. Like, had to take it to the net himself and didn't really have a great angle. Nothing came of it. But, like, JVR's on the left side, and he's left-handed. What the fuck can he do next to the net? Like, there's absolutely nothing. Like, if he had stopped and become the trailer, he would have been far more useful. But he just kept skating, kept skating, and suddenly he was behind. I just was. How did, he's a smart player. That's like one of his assets. He's a, he's got a high hockey high hockey IQ. Did he? I don't know what. What he happened? Does. Like, what happened? I, like, I, I don't just, know if he's got like trouble at home and he just like takes <laughs> it out in the ice. He's just like fuck Aww. it. I'm just gonna be miserable. Because he's, he is, like, I always joke with people, he's a glorified, like, player rep at this point. Like, I just feel like that guy's just running the clock out and trying to get to, trying to get to, like, oh, what can I do on the hockey side after hockey? Because fuck his, like, uh, I don't mean mean, but, like, his, everybody's like, oh, his routine, his routine, he's got this amazing, it's like, what is, what does he do? What does he do? He doesn't, for, for all that, he doesn't do anything. Like, he buried that guy on the left side when they went for the tying goal. And I, I don't know why, just everything in my body was just like something bad's gonna happen because he's he's just so out of position. And then that, I mean, wasn't his fault, but and to see Ratcliffe, like I was always barking for him and O'Brien to be up, and it's, it's great to see that he's up, even though he wasn't playing, you know, amazing down at Lehigh or up at Lehigh. But if he does become something, they got to put him just standing over that guy on a t-shirt quick because we need something. Anything like just put that and then the Iverson look down like just something. I don't really care <laughs> if he doesn't become a goddamn thing. Just something that you could sell at that like when you're walking to the parking lot t-shirts. <laughs> like the step over. That would be <laughs> yeah, fun. yeah. But you know, this is something that is just really small that you said that I I made a note of. You said down in Lehigh Valley, and then you said up in Lehigh yeah, Valley, and that's that's something that I struggle with all the time because because the, the league is down, right? Yeah, but I always think down when like you're coming up. You know? the location yeah, is up. That's it. I just I struggle I with that all the time. Um, no, it made me laugh too. Yeah, I I agree with Isaac Ratcliffe. I I love that he. What he didn't embarrass me. That's all I wanted because I've been such a huge proponent of him. I'm like, just please don't embarrass me for liking you. And finishing checks, like, it's so important. It's so yes. little, and anybody can do it. And I just don't know why they got so away from that. They, I think they were they so actively, worried about positioning that they just give up the physicality in playing. Like, that's a huge part of the game. Even if you're going to lose the game, like, it doesn't cost anything to play physical. And, like, I, I feel like sometimes, especially on the forecheck, they actively avoid hits. And, like, if if what Chuck Fletcher said at the press conference is what, you know, if they're looking for, yeah, we need top-end talent, sure, we also need bigger, more competitive guys. I hope they're targeting guys like an Isaac Ratcliffe yeah. and not, like, just goons who, like, are no good. Like, I hope it's – like, he's got some upside skill. Like, obviously, he's had the injuries. He hasn't performed in the AHL. But he's got some skill upside. And if nothing else, he can run a motherfucker over. Like, that, if yeah, that's the they, kind of bigger, more competitive guy they're looking for, then I'm all for that. You desperately need that. Like, you don't have to become the Kings when they won the Cup. Like, you don't have to turn your whole team into that. But you but you, you need still, an element of it. Yeah, that's all you need. Just something 100%. that even if you're going to get blown out, you know, something. Nice Be hard question. to play against. Thanks a lot, Brandon. And yes. we have 
what I want. I'm sorry. I know that a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't want big bruising guys. I do. I want that. And I also want them to be skilled players. Like I want. Yeah, like I want Johnny Goudreau. Like I want these guys who are fucking fast with great hands and make tremendous plays. But you need an like it's still a contact sport. It's still a somewhat backwards barbaric sport, not you know to the point it was years ago. But it still has an element of that, and it always will. And so you'll always need at least some of it. And maybe he can be that guy for them. All right, uh, let's see. Warren Brody hasn't been on yet. Warren, you're live. Hey, Bill. Steph, how you doing? Hey. What's going on? So, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is an interesting name. If Giroux is moving on, then they really need someone to make their power play go. So I don't, not sure who else is going to be out there, but he's really, he would really help in that area. So it's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be $9 million. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you're, right. you're, you're taking the Giroux cap hit and maybe raising it a mill, like you said. And, but it, it's like, he's a star player and that's, you have to pay for stars. Like, you know, they gave seven plus to Kevin Hayes, who is a nice second line center. If you want a first line scorer like Goudreau, you got to pay for it. Yeah. And I, Ike uh, Radcliffe was an interesting, uh, uh, play today. Uh, you know, if he could play that every night, you can use a big guy like that that has some skill and, and as long as he plays physical and wins battles, yeah, you're ahead, you're ahead of the game. So we'll see. Absolutely. Warren. Uh, it's that's, I mean, this whole season now is we'll see. Right. And thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate, uh, I hung up on him. I thought he was done. Uh, yeah, it's, this season now is we'll see. We They told us what direction they're going in, but aggressive retool could be taken a few different ways. And I, I hope it's a – they're not going to rebuild. Like, I know a lot of us want that. I know a lot of us have been calling for it. And hopefully this year becomes the year where they accumulate all this, these assets. And then this offseason, they can have an offseason like they had after uh, – after the 22 win year in 07 and they can move forward that way because you know, they're not going to rebuild. We're we're hearing now that Tom Brady has told the bucks that he hasn't decided on retirement. (laughs) I fucking thought that was going to happen. That is so funny. We pissed him off and this motherfucker is going to play until he is literally a corpse on the field. I'll tell you, like I, uh, obviously, you know, he beat the Eagles in a Super Bowl. He had all the success, and it's fucking Boston, so God damn it. But I'm glad I got to see Tom Brady's career. Like, I, you know, like, we, oh, you never got to see Joe Montana, shit like that. Like, I never – like, I watched Gretzky with the Rangers. You know, I didn't see him in his prime or anything. Like, it's cool to have seen him, and I would have liked – to see him go out like with a playoff run, just because I like watching greatness. I, I like seeing something that I'm never going to see again. And that's Brady. Well, not even that we got to see him play, but like we have our own personal memories of Tom Yeah, we Brady. beat him. We, like, beat, we him, beat him. And we also, we also lost to him a lot of times. So like. That's before you moved to town though. So it doesn't count. Exactly. Well, yeah. no. Oh four oh five, were you 0405, here? Oh four oh five, I was. I was. Oh yeah, that's right. You're older than me. I keep forgetting. Just by uh, just by a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Harris Barnes, you're our last caller. What's up, Harris? 
Um, a couple of things I forgot to mention the first time. I really liked how Lawton played. Uh, I think he's just a good guy uh, out there. He tries every single shift. He works hard. He's good in the dressing room. And even like when they've been losing, I th- still think he's um, been uh, a good presence. So that's my first point. That's Lawton can play for my team any day. Every every day, actually. I. I am not really speaking in hyperbole when I say he's the best player on the team right now. <laughs> oh, he's he's playing really well. Um, and then to your USA goalie thing, the three USA goalies would be Hellebuck, who's from Michigan. Hellebuck, yeah. Jack Campbell's from Michigan. Campbell. And, and uh, John Gibson's from Pittsburgh, PA. Ah, uh, Gibson. I knew Gibson was American, and I was thinking Hellebuck, but I couldn't quite. Like, I knew it was a, a Western Canada team, but I couldn't quite remember who it was. I just never remember. I, I just nationalities. I think Finland and Sweden are the same place. I can never Listen, remember nationalities. We already know about your Finland Sweden weirdness, and and I yeah, apparently that that, that offends people. I can't have that <laughs> geopolitical debate right now. But that offends people from both countries. And Bill, both countries. Um, What's up, Harris? But- I um, love that it's hold on. I love that it's not Jonathan Quick that would be the goalie. I'm glad it can't that we be. at least. I'm glad that we've advanced past Jonathan Quick as the team US. With Gaudreau, um, if he would come to Philadelphia, the thing you have to do that you can't do what Calgary's done is over rely on him to be the number one guy because Calgary's relied on him to be that, and you just can't get through the playoffs with Gaudreau being your number one guy. He doesn't fit the bill like he's a really good player but he's had these playoff failures because he hasn't had enough around him and him being the number one guy I don't think works so you have to really support him with a good cast yeah and like in the playoffs we know the rules change you're allowed to take advantage of smaller players like um he's an excellent player and there have been guys who've had you know with his size a ton of success like Patty Kane uh but like Kane also had a Taves a Hosa a Keith like Patrick Sharp yeah, like these more physical players around him who also produce, uh, you would absolutely need more of that. Uh, you know, like Kevin Hayes being a bigger guy. Uh, stuff like I assume he would play, uh, Goudreau would play with Couturier, and then, you know, you get a power forward out there with them, like something like that uh, would work, I believe. I have a very interesting conspiracy theory that I just made up right now. Um. Because we're talking about top-end talent, right, to, to put with Johnny Goudreau, I wonder if if Chuck Fletcher went to G and was like, hey, we're, we're really – we're going to get Johnny Hockey for you. Like, we're going to do that. Would you stay? I – like, there's a gut feeling that Giroux would. Major discount, but yeah. Right. I mean, he would have to. But if they're finally supporting him with someone else and – Couturier and Hayes and Carter Hart and Farabee like that could be worth sticking around for. Will I'll tell you like could it happen? Like I have no idea, but it could it could be worth sticking around for. And that means that um, Konechny, Lindblom, and or Sandheim are gone because of cap. Probably and JVR. um, Yeah, you'd have to find a way to get JVR out of there. I no, it would take some. It would take a lot of cap gymnastics. Yeah. And Steph, before I go, uh, I have a question. Uh, how's your sister-in-law doing? We need to get an update on her. Oh, um, 
So she just had another surgery on Thursday to, this is, it's like really weird to think about, to stretch the skin over her scalp so that they can put the titanium plate over the other side in March. So she already has the one side in the titanium plate. Now they just need to do the other side. So she's, she's doing fine. Uh, she's been unconscious since November. Um, so that's been really hard for us. Um, but the good news is that she's healing. Like she's doing everything that she needs to recover. She's sleeping. She's stable. Um, her vitals are all great. Uh, she's just not quite awake yet, but we're really, really hopeful that after this March surgery, and this is what all of the studies I've read, this is what all the doctors are saying after this March surgery, um, she'll be, she'll be doing well enough to be able to participate in all of the physical and occupational therapy and stuff. Um, thank you for asking. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, all of us, um, are thinking of the driver family and just, um, um, I don't know if praying is the right word, but we're just thinking of you guys and hoping that she um, recovers to the best of her ability. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the, the great news is that the twins, oh my God, they are the cutest and the happiest babies. They are just these little chubby cheeked gingers who just like they want to, they want to move everywhere. They're crawling and they're starting to walk a little and they laugh and they laugh. They're, they're doing great and they have no idea that there's anything amiss. So that's, what's really important is that they're, they're doing well. Yeah. Thank you for the update, Steph. You're so Thanks, welcome. Right. Thank you. For really appreciate it, Harris. Thanks a lot. Uh, so that's it on turn in terms of callers tonight, Steph. Uh, anything else? Um, probably I, <laughs> I still like I still don't think that this is a really bad team and I think that I need I mean, to go I think I need to go to more therapy for that. Like I think That's a whole yeah, there's there's something I, the matter with you. I, I really think that there is. Like I don't think they're a good team, but on paper, when they're healthy, like this isn't I don't know. I don't know. No, they'd be they'd be bubble mediocre if everyone was healthy. Yes, and yes. You know what? That's right. That's what I it mean, is. Like, we've said a bunch of times, no excuses. But a team missing, it's 1C, it's 2C, and it's 1D is going to fail. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just... Exactly. But it's the way they were built. They traded for, uh, you know, Ellis, who misses a lot of games. Kevin Hayes has never played 82 games. Like... This is kind of just what it is. Couturier has missed time over the last few years. It's like 27 games now over the last two seasons. So it it's just kind of the team they built. But I think that is all the time we have for you on uh, the Broad Street Hockey post game. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you've got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh, I want to thank you, Steph, for dropping by again. It's been a pleasure. Uh, been a lot of fun. Annoying for you when I just drop in. No, I get to I get to sit here and drink beer and listen and not talk the whole time. So it it really helps me. Awesome. All right. So uh, for me and Steph, uh, we will be back with BSH Radio at some point this week. I'll be back after the next game on Tuesday. Until then, have a great week, everybody.